Welcome to Cult America, where we discuss the weird, wonderful, and worrying rituals and sacrifices that make America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult that is America. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, a migrant who bought into the cult from afar. Mm, what's good, Lise? How you doing? I'm good. Wait, why are we so quiet? Who, me? <laughs> We've just been yelling at each other for like <laughs> an hour. Yeah. And then you're oh, like... Yeah. Hey, I'm going to bring it down for you. All right. Are we back? <laughs> back to work, y'all. Okay, so I have a question for you. Mm. Is this a cult or is this America? Okay. Let's hear it. Let's go. The group stands each morning, hand over heart, and recites a passage in unison. Oh, yeah, that's some cult shit. Oh, yeah, it is. But is it a cult or is it America? That is a cult. That is America. Come on, Carl. Oh, oh, pleasure. Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. You knew but it. But like, you know. You're but, playing dumb. But like, you know. But like, you know, like, I just I just felt like it, it was some David Koresh shit, too. I mean, we're going to talk about him in a later episode. Yeah. So this time it is America, but there is also another group that uses this tactic as part of their process. But they don't stand with their hand over their heart. They wire electrodes to their heads and chant ancient mantras while surfing the internet. Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, know, nah. Right? Who's this? Who's uh, this? Yeah. So we're talking about the 90s cult. I'm Shinrikyo. They're also known as a left. So I'm Shinrikyo. It's a Japanese cult. So you probably haven't heard of it because, you know, America yeah. being quite internally focused. Of course. Doesn't really concern you so you probably didn't hear that much about it what does like what's the trans what's the american translation of um sean Riccio? so it means supreme truth okay and i don't know why they changed their name to a laugh i think they just needed a rebrand because they are uh, they're responsible they for got the, caught to, for the 1995 sarin attack on the tokyo subway system oh that was them yeah yeah uh good times so, a little bit of a history lesson. We won't go too deeply into it, but uh, there were Japanese doomsday cult and then eventually terrorist organization. They were founded by Shoko Asahara in 1984, but kind of came to prominence in the 90s. Mm. He's a super interesting figure, but we do not have any time to go into all of that. There are a bunch of really amazing podcasts about the cult and about him, so I'm going to put them in the show notes so people can kind of check into it themselves. We don't want to be here all day. But he was known as the Enlightened One. And speaking of capitalism, he had a great, like, side hustle gig selling his bathwater to people. Oh, yo. So, <laughs> I'm trying to get to that level. By the end of, like, by the end, he was bath bathing a lot because that, that was, you know, funding this whole cult. Oh, people yeah. pay heaps of money for it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get to that level, too. Yeah. Okay. I'll, Bye. I'll buy your bathwater, call. Oh, thank really you. First actually. You guys heard it here first. You know, you got to support your friends in their side hustles and... Got my first customer, y'all. <laughs> so it was a mix of Indian and Tibetan Buddhism and Hinduism and Christianity, classic convo. And mm. their mission, uh, so his mission, his personal mission, was to take it upon himself, the sins of the world, kind of like old mate JC, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus Christ, as you know. He claimed he could transfer spiritual power to his followers and take away their sins and bad deeds, mm. which does sound very like Christianity. Lamb of God, you take <laughs> away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. So he recruited a lot of really smart people, not unlike America, and used a lot of sci-fi elements in his teachings. He used these people to ultimately create all of the sarin gas and all these weapons. Yeah. And they were very isolationist in the beginning, and then they got violent 
So they, got, they got radicalized. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to have to re-listen to all of these podcasts about it because I can't remember what it was that like, I mean, they start out <laughs> as like trying to take away people's sins and then they start like killing people on the subway. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch. It, it, it happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that like they decided to take away people's sins by killing them. I mean, that's a strategy. It's a, you know. That's very like Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the cult behavior we're discussing this week, going back to our rubric, is mind-altering practices such as meditation, chanting, speaking in tongues, denunciation sessions, or debilitating work routines are used in excess and serve to suppress doubts about the group and its leaders. We're obviously talking about the Pledge of Allegiance. Can you still say it? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> you even said it like a kid. <laughs> That's exactly That's how I said so it. so creepy. Yeah. How do you not see how creepy that is? It is. It, it, when you think about it from this context, I'm like, oh, shit. I definitely. But, like, you know, you know me already. I buy, in, I buy into all the cults. <laughs> I'm a cult guy. I might as well just get the shit tatted. Like, I'm out here. Cult boys. Um, so you're going <laughs> to tell me a little bit about the Pledge of Allegiance this week. Yeah, absolutely. So the history behind it, it's like very, very American. <laughs> and essentially it was written by a Baptist preacher because, you of know, course. American, America is a very, very Christian-based mm -hmm. society. So a Baptist preacher named Francis Bellamy who um, wrote it as a PR stunt. For Family and Children's Magazine's Youth Companion in 1891. The whole reason why it was created was to commemorate and I guess some would say profit from the 400th anniversary of Columbia's of Columbus, Christopher Columbus's <laughs> voyage to America. Essentially claimed that that pledging allegiance would ensure that the distinctive principles of true Americanism will not perish as long as free and public education endures. I mean, that sounds a lot like to serve and suppress doubts about the group and its leaders. Sure. All I know is he wrote that shit in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, my gosh. Damn. But what's interesting, at least to me, like, personally, just for me, I don't know. I don't feel like the Pledge of Allegiance made me any more American than I am. And I love the fuck out of the USA, you know, but. I don't think it made me more or less American. Or maybe I just don't know. Maybe it worked. I mean, you never had the Pledge of Allegiance free life. So who knows this what your true. life would be. Maybe you wouldn't love America if you didn't get up every day and say the Pledge of Allegiance to the this flag. This is true. This is true. But but do y'all have like a, a Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> in Australia? No, we do not have a <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. We have a national anthem like most countries. And yeah. we say it, we sing it like, we used to sing it at like Assembly. Or like uh, chapel, not even chapel. We would sing it at assembly, mm -hmm. and like that's like once a week, maybe. Okay, that's it. And at like sports games and stuff. Yeah, I sang actually at like the National Basketball League of Australia. I sang the national anthem. Once. Oh, that's pretty tight. It's pretty cool. Whole stadium. Okay, but that's it for us. We don't pledge allegiance to our flag on a daily basis or anything like that at all. Okay, I wonder. <laughs> I don't think many countries do. Maybe North Korea. <laughs> wow let's open that can of worms i wonder like 
Because one of the things that at least we got from our research is that a lot of this occurred during a time of like moral panic. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was like not long after the first like exclusionary immigration laws began passing, which like me and and our producer Samori learned about in law school during our like first first year and second year. But I was wondering like, do you, does Australia have any type of history that way where a pledge of allegiance kind of needed to be created sort of like the American thing or yeah. Cause y'all don't have like a situation where you had to, you know, we had law immigration in Australia. Okay. And we have like, we've had big rushes of different, I mean, I think I've said this before. Melbourne has the second largest Greek population in the world ah, after Athens. Okay. Like we have like mass immigration into Australia. It's like in the major cities are very multicultural. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. I know that like it was, I think within my lifetime, but I was probably too young to remember, or at least my dad's, like they used to sing the British national anthem and then they brought in the Australian national anthem. And like Mm -hmm. ours is like, he kind of like, what is it? With lands abound across the sea, we've, oh my God, I don't even know the words to the national anthem. Uh Uh-oh. For for those who've come across the seas, we've boundless planes to share. Like it's like, you know, they're trying to be fuzzy about it, but then they also lock refugees in offshore detention. So... I don't think they're very true to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have like, I think the national anthem being created was that, but yeah, we're not really, yeah, no. It wasn't I, I mean, you say need to be created, like this is a normal thing for countries to have, but countries don't have this. I don't know. You like know. no other countries have this really, like no European countries. So it's a very distinctly American thing. Yeah. I would be interested to know if this kind of thing existed in other countries back in the day. Because there are these like little quotes that exists in other countries like or at least in liberty equality fraternity yeah that that stuff stuff. and then like you know the old adage of um the sun the sun never sets on england or the you know (laughs) that's because they colonized the world (laughs) right but they just made it sound real fuzzy you know what i mean so like and i'm wondering if at least the pledge of allegiance sounded real reactive Mm. right it's just like you know we're going through this great perilous time of moral panic we need to unite our country by creating this pledge right so it it makes me also think about just like a nation-based response Mm -hmm. to issues with the citizenry so that's why i asked that question about Mm -hmm. australia if there was like a period of time where there was some sort of moral panic right and what their response to it was i'm not sure what it was but locking borders racism generally yeah, you know the normal stuff but no pledges no pledges Got it. no we just uh yeah. yeah yeah we have we've definitely i mean we have a lot of immigration from a lot of asian countries because we're in asia obviously mm-hmm. even though we like to pretend that we're not you know, australia tried to join the european union it, it makes sense because it's like <laughs> it's just, an english-speaking country britain was in it <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's it just really like you're shows real how ridiculously yeah. like we're just so not aware of where we are yeah we're like we're in asia yeah we're firmly in asia and we're like no no no. we want to join them over there yeah yeah (laughs) europe wow that's actually an interesting take you never really think about it from that perspective because like the australian culture you never like you never think about it with asian culture like i've never said australia is in asia i've never said that before this is the first time 
I'm actually ever saying Australia is in Asia. Well, they like to say Australasia and Asia, which Asians are like, fuck off. Yeah. We probably call it Asia Pacific. Asia but Pacific. like we're right by Asia is our closest, you know, yeah. place. No, it's interesting. And actually a lot of the Australian cuisine is like Asian fusion food. Mm-hmm. I lived like in little Vietnam when I was oh little Saigon or whatever it was called. When I lived there, we have like amazing like Asian food, big Asian population. It's yeah, it's really like firmly in there, but we'd like to pretend that it's not. <laughs> sounds sounds a lot like America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in some ways, but very different. We don't have the same level of like. I mean, we were cult, cult in a way, but like not quite like the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Yeah. Okay, so tell me more about the history of the pledge. Yeah. So interestingly enough, although it was created in 1891, it was actually not adopted until like. 1942 by congress oh really? so it actually took a while and then obviously once congress adopted it there was like bet every single classroom finisatis every single morning and it makes sense in 1942 that it occurred because you know that's during world war ii mm. so you need you need national unity because at this point it's us against the world um so it actually makes sense that to reinforce this level of Americanism mm-hmm. to like, you know, let's just slide this little pledge up in here, make y'all say it every day. You know what I mean? Let's do that. Odd. Yeah, it is, is kind of I was thinking about that with Congress because like in Australia, there's a whole thing because they still say the Lord's Prayer. We're a secular country and we're one of the most secular countries by population as mm-hmm. well. And they still say the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of Parliament, which is very strange. Oh, and yeah. that it's it's interesting because in in. In the U.S., we well, have um, the pledge. You 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 got you got the pledge, but also like you swear on a Bible. Yeah, and I don't think we've ever had a president that didn't have a religion. Mm. I think the last time we've actually had an issue with the religion of a president, it was Kennedy, and that's mm. because he was Catholic. Yeah, because that's so different. And they were like, "Oh my God, the Pope, the Vatican." They're I'm going pretty to sure take Julia Gillard, our first like and only woman prime minister is atheist. Oh, wow. And I don't think she swore on a Bible. I think there was a big hoo-ha about it. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty sure, I, I'm going to have to fact check that and make sure, but I'm pretty sure she's atheist. Yeah. And there was like a lot of hoopla when like um, Ilan Omar um, won her seat in Congress because mm-hmm. they were like, what is she going to swear on? And they were like, the Quran. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the Quran. Well, she's Muslim. Like, I, yeah. Super, super Christian country. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild to me. Yeah, so just seeing seeing that relationship, even though structurally, America is very about the separation between church and state, mm-hmm. is like it, it's just interesting to like see that play out. How you're supposed to be separate, but you're also so interconnected. Mm-hmm. It's hard to separate faith. Well, under God is in the Pledge of Allegiance. It is. Mm. It is. It is. Oh wow! So. Interestingly enough, the Pledge of Allegiance was part of what they call a national flag code, uh, a bill passed by mm-hmm. FDR. Um, FDR, by the way, was like, this is my opinion, y'all. But <laughs> FDR was like king. He was like a king. He wasn't, he, yes, he was a president technically, mm-hmm. but he was president for like three terms. Oh, really? almost, almost four terms. I didn't think he could be president for longer than two terms. Boom. After he died, they was like, nah, we can't let nobody do that no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? And like FDR is like really responsible for a lot of the stuff that we're 
as Americans, like, believe in today. Like, he created Social Security. He, like, really helped strengthen unions. FDR was out here, big government, big government energy. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> other people say, you know, BDE is like big BGE. Yeah, we love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And he was out here like, yo, we got to create entitlements and guarantees for all Americans. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that's the reason why he was able to win so many terms. And also, you know, he was fighting the war. He was mm. fighting the World War. So, what um, years was that? Was that? Um, 40s. FDR was elected in 1932. Okay. Died like 44 or 45 or something like okay. that. I got to I got to fact check the dates. But um yeah, like with with polio. Mm. With polio was in a wheelchair and all that. So for him to be president so long, he's the, he's I think he might be the only one to have mm. been president for so long. It's good I'm starting that up here for uh trivia. Yes. So it's interesting that you know, he's the one that signed this flag code, which created this Pledge of Allegiance and, and, and made it a standard in our lives. So we have our we have our research that has, that actually has the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm -hmm. Do you want to recite it? The actual notes to see if I got it right. Check how American I am. You sing that from your brain? <laughs> you weren't saying that from the notes? I was. I didn't read the notes. Oh, the actual pledge. Yeah, the actual pledge. Ah, let me see. Yeah. All right. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and the republic for which it stands, one nation under... I can't even say it. It makes me feel creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking about it. It kind of makes me, like... I have, like, a visceral reaction to the pledge. Yeah? I wonder if they'll make me say it if I, like, become a citizen. You better practice. <laughs> <laughs> you better practice. You better practice. Yeah, you got it right. You got it right. Yes. Mm. Amazing. So, interestingly enough... Obviously, with the Pledge of Allegiance mm -hmm. being said, many other things started getting added to the classroom. And it kind of stems from our conversation about religion and government. And obviously, you know, there's a huge separation between church and state, theoretically. <laughs> but what ended up happening was that, you know, certain schools that, especially like in the South, that a, a more like religious area of the country and also like the Bible Belt, which is probably the most religious part of the country. But, you know, some people would say other parts are more religious. But nonetheless, started saying other other things like the Lord's Prayer mm -hmm. or like, you know, other things from the Bible. I can say the said Lord's Prayer. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. And I'm from an atheist family, so it's pretty Oh, comical. that's huge. Well, most, most private schools in Australia are religious. Yes. So like, but we had a really cool, like, yeah, we had a really cool priest or whatever mm -hmm. it's just like it's fine if you're not religious mm -hmm. but like we i still know the lord's prayer oh wow i'm not gonna say it okay <laughs> you don't gotta see that also makes me feel creepy yeah being in a church and hearing everybody reciting the lord's yeah. prayer is also a very creepy creepy thing but these things started happening and people actually started like suing yeah saying hey this like, is your forte like do i does my kid have to say the lord's prayer if i'm atheist mm -hmm. i don't want to I don't want my kid saying that. And mm -hmm. my kid doesn't want to. Mm. Right. So what ended up happening is in, in 43, when they started saying the Pledge of Allegiance, there was a case, West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett. Mm -hmm. Essentially, people who are really religious were like really upset about the fact that like we are now honoring this symbol mm. that is, you know, that's that's a non-religious symbol, even though it's a national symbol. Right. And the court understood that forcing people to honor a symbol of the United States is at odds 
with what with what's written in the statement itself that people are reciting. They were like, you know what? Like liberty, liberty for all, except that you have to say this pledge. Right. It's so good. But, you know, essentially, essentially it was a freedom of religion case and the Supreme Court reversed it. They were mm. like, nah, cool, that's fine. Like you can still say it. And then in nineteen fifty four, Congress added the words under God up in there. <laughs> They was like, baby, we're going to make this more religious. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Eisenhower, who was like, people love Eisenhower. Do they? Yeah, yeah. People love Uncle Ike. Is okay. What, is oh, what, yeah. That's yeah. always a crossword clue. Yeah. Uncle yeah. Ike. Um, Ike. And I just, I don't know what it means. I just know that it's always Ike. Yeah. If it's three letters, I'm just like, let's yeah. go. We, uh, yeah, Uncle Ike is like beloved because Uncle Ike won the war. Mm-hmm. He won World War Two. Personally. Well, you know, he I was, know he was the, yeah, he was the general that won it. Yeah. And so Uncle Ike's whole idea was, because right after the war, there was like, uh, the Cold War started mm-hmm. um, because of how powerful Russia was. Mm-hmm. Because essentially the World, World War Two turned Europe into a parking lot because so many bombs. Yep. And, and Hitler was walling the fuck out. So now you got like <laughs> Stalin. You know, you got Stalin chilling with his, with, with his defeat of uh-huh. Hitler. He beat the shit out of him. And then you got the U.S. who beat the shit out of Japan and beat the shit out of Hitler. So now Stalin's like, word, so let me just spread this communism shit. You know what I mean? Let, yep. me, let me get more countries converting over to communism. And then what ends up happening is communism starts spreading into the United States. So Uncle Ike is like, we got to add under God into the Pledge of Allegiance so that, like, Folks need to understand how important this pledge is. And like, we're pledging to America because this country's under the guidance of God. It's under God. Do you, you think communism is really like spreading to America? I would say that many of the principles that Vladimir Lenin and Karl Marx have espoused are part of the current nexus. And I would say nexus, I would say probably like the last like 50, 60 years of just you know, what lower income Americans want, right? Like, especially folks who like are tired of, of the way capitalism is beating the shit out of people in labor. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're asking for is like what, what I would call collectivism, but like that collectivism is core to communism. And yeah. so like, it's, it's easy to see how interchangeable it is, mm. which is why like you hear people throw around the word commie. Yeah. You know, you do. And um, it was also a justification for a lot of like interference in South America. I know like historically, like it created a lot of problems with like terrorist groups and such, because like the American government interfered with the kind of natural change of power because they were so worried about the spread of communism. And so they ended up putting in like dictatorial regimes instead of what the people of the country wanted. They were right. like, no, Co- like in Colombia, especially like, yeah. no, we don't want that. We're going to set up a whole paramilitary organization yeah. to like get rid of the communist party. And then the FARC were like the longest running terrorist group in the world for like over 50 years, providing a lot of that stuff on the ground. Not to say that the, I'm not, this is not pro FARC. I just think they're very interesting. Yeah. But like they were providing a lot of stuff on the ground for people that they needed and, like, the American government had just come and, like, fucked everything up. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, you know, everything's about narrative, mm. right? So, because, interestingly enough, like, the Black Panther Party mm-hmm. used to have this thing called the food program. Mm. Um, I forgot the specific name, though, but... It was, like, a school lunch program, no? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of it was based, I wouldn't say out of communist principles, mm. 
but it was about collectivism. It was like, no matter what color you are, if you're hungry, you should be able to eat. And there should be some sort of state-based or at least community-based organization that can provide these basic needs for others. And, you know, America is not like that. Mm. Like, we're like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The Black Panther Party are interesting. They had, like, they will in Vietnam, like, siding with Vietnamese. I think they had, like, an international delegation in, like, China who, like, met up and, like, discussed things before America even did. Like, we could do a whole freaking podcast on the Black Panther Party. Vietnam so War was a yeah. proxy war between American values and communist values. Mm. Like, And the Black Panther Party were, like, Team Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, so when you think about it, you know, when it comes to communism and its ability to infiltrate the U.S., like, it's a real thing. I understand the Are you scared scare. of communism, Carl? Um, personally, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, Call me. I, <laughs> I'm not scared of communism. I, at least, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of history mm. in communism. But it's also such a dichotomy, like, unnecessarily. There are more political ideologies than communism and capitalism. Yes, there is. Which is so interesting that it's always like this one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you we know? digress. Yeah. So there's more court cases mm-hmm. as a result of the under God. The under God brought up the whole church and state thing again. Mm-hmm. In this case in 2002, Elk Grove Unified School District versus Neo Dow. I could never say it. Is, is it New Dow? Or near Dow. I'm not the person to ask because I, I have an accent. So. We gotta, yo, Tamori, we might have to ask our con law professor. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to her. <laughs> She's the one that put us on game. But an atheist, an atheist said, my daughter is harmed by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance at her school, at her public school in California. And that key word, public school, mm-hmm. is at issue here. Right, because if his daughter went to a Catholic school, or went to a religious-based, you know, institution, she would just have to deal with it because mm. she chose to go to school in this religious-based institution. But because it's a public school, and you either go, you gotta go to school. So if you don't have money, you gotta go to public school. Do you school. get like so in Australia? Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. like in Australia, I know you get like fined if you don't send your kids to school. Do the same thing here. It seems very like un-American. In in America, they take your kids. They just take your kids. Yeah, well, at least in New York. Okay. If you're not sending your kids to school, ACS will pull up and take your kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how it works in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. but yeah, they'll take your kids. Mm. So yeah, so his daughter went to a public school, mm-hmm. which is a government-funded school, which is and there's supposed to be a separation between church and state, and she was harmed. Is mm. what they what um what Michael Newdow said, and by it, not reciting it, by not by yeah. yeah by by reciting it, by reciting it, she's harmed, and that if she refused to recite it, she could be branded as an outsider mm-hmm. and thereby harmed. Mm-hmm. That's some real cult shit right there. Come on, girl. <laughs> Come on, girl. Don't we have the cult standards? Where the cult standards at? You know what I'm saying? I know this fits one of our cult standards. Oh my goodness, yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So the the appeals court, so they appealed it and the appeals court ruled that under God makes the pledge unconstitutional what? because there is no separation of church and state. Interesting. Yeah. So under God had to and get yeah. taken out. Wait, so it has been taken out. 
Yeah, they said that under God makes the pledge unconstitutional because it and, in, yeah. and it violates First Amendment rights. When you said it, you still said under God. It's I did. still in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. people still say under God. It's just technically this, removed. Yeah, this case is 2002. I've been saying it for mad long. <laughs> you think I'm going to change it now? I'm so they've taken it. it out. And this um, is in 2002, yeah, so this it's post 9 11. It's post 9 11. Interesting yeah. that that would happen in 2002. Yeah. Because that's like brave mm-hmm. on this dude's part. Because yeah. you don't want to fuck with American nationalism. You ready? You ready for what happened to him? <laughs> you tell me. Got death threats. Shit. I'm so many death threats. Massive backlash because he fought this case. Yeah. And of course, because it was post 9 11, it was counter to. Mm. 9-11 natives mm. we were super american after oh 9/11. yeah we was out here american flag everything we was going to war we we're yeah. getting ready for the war yeah like we going we going to war in iraq against the terrorists that came and attacked you want to be out here talking about talking about oh nah nah take the under god out of that no no matter <laughs> fact, i don't want to say it no more what nah see me outside <laughs> see me outside so yeah when they took this to the supreme court this was a lower court decision. When they took this to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court just decided to not hear the case. He just never made a decision on the case. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we're not touching this. We're good. We're what, good. you want me to make this kind of decision? I didn't nah. sign up for this shit. No. Nah. So, <laughs> yeah. So some places they take under God out. Okay. But most schools probably keep it. Yeah. Because most people want to keep it. Who, want, who wants to take under God out? Mm. Uh, look, I'm not trying to take under God out. Clearly, I ain't taking under God out, right? No, I mean, yeah. you got it imprinted in your brain. It's it's not going nowhere. Obviously, it's not the last case. There's still a bunch of other other cases that have gone out and have, like, essentially targeted the Pledge of Allegiance, mm-hmm. whether we should say it or not. Interestingly enough, I feel like, I don't know, it's going to take a long time for these Supreme Court justices to, to kind of pass along. But the Supreme Court? They're, yeah, they're this, not. They're not fucking touching it. Yeah, it's going to... Pledge of Allegiance might be around for a while. Yeah. It's going to take, like, our generation to get old New York and still will be underwater the by the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, like, millennials will have to feel the same way about the Pledge of Allegiance, about, like, not having to say it in, like, 50 years. Millennials. <laughs> and then there has to be a case <laughs> for the millennial Supreme Court to be like, yeah, we good. We don't got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how long it's gonna be it's gonna be a while and you know, i mean i don't even know i don't even know if i have hope that the world lasts that long you know we, we all we all you know we all had some dark days mm-hmm. we made it past those so i'm i'm an optimist i'm okay. like you know what we'll be here in 50 years we'll just be surfboarding everywhere instead of taking a train but yeah. hey i mean it could be it could be nice. venice kind of like venice yeah but you know i'll know how to surfboard <laughs> so it matters no skills Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so some of the other cases, there was there was Fraser v. Wynn in 08. A lower court upheld Florida's statute requiring parental permission to opt out mm-hmm. of the Pledge of Allegiance. So that didn't make it to the Supreme Court. <laughs> in 2010, there was another challenge to the pledge, and it denied. It was denied in two federal appeals courts. And then the rules from that case. They ruled that the Pledge of Allegiance doesn't violate the Establishment Clause, which is the separation between church and state. Okay. Because the purpose was to inspire patriotism, which is what we, you know, talked about earlier. And the choice to engage is entirely voluntary. <laughs> is sure. It? 
It doesn't I'm, feel voluntary to me. Well, you know what? There were also, some kids. Like, five-year-olds, right? Like, yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, do they teach it? Come on. But but guess what? Like, I remember I remember some kids. I'm about to tell on y'all on this podcast. <laughs> so, like, I remember saying the Pledge of Allegiance, like, just saying it with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But I'd look around the classroom. <laughs> some motherfuckers were mumbling that shit. <laughs> Oh, was, some more. <laughs> some of us was like, ma, 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 And I was like, oh, how could you mumble? How could you mumble the Pledge of Allegiance? How dare you? But, like, maybe that's them opting out. It's a small, subtle, it's a small, subtle opt out. You know what I mean? So, like, so I guess it is voluntary. But yeah, some, if, you, if you don't mind getting your ass kicked after. Well, it depends on what classroom you're in. What judgy, judgy McJudgy over here. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, yo, I'm going to be in a lunch table like, yo, so you wasn't saying the plan. <laughs> the nerdiest freaking. Yo, what's up? <laughs> you got a problem with the pledge, bro? <laughs> what's up? I saw you. You might, you might want to say the pledge tomorrow <laughs> or else we see each other at three. <laughs> Me and my mans that said the pledge today. <laughs> we all got a problem with that. I feel like there might be certain parts of the country that are like that, but I don't know. You know, yeah. I haven't been to every nook and cranny of the country, but like, there's got to be somewhere where they're like, you don't say the pledge? Around here, we say the pledge. <laughs> okay? Some real American-ass yeah. places, yeah. Yeah. So there's even more cases. Mm. People people really, with the shits on the Pledge of Allegiance, they, they down a scrap over it. So e- even recently, 2014, which, you know, it's recent, but not, not super recent. It feels recent. like, like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Mm. I don't know really if it feels like yesterday, but it feels way. like yesterday and a hundred years ago simultaneously, yeah. which is what the pandemic's done to all of us. Yeah. COVID really got us out here. Yeah. Huh? It's like 2020 mm-hmm. part two. <laughs> Jane Doe. There was a case called Jane Doe v. Acton Boxborough Regional School District. This, this, this group, they're smart because they didn't put any of their names on this case. Yeah. Cause they didn't want to get the, uh, that will come from that. So a group of parents, teachers, and the American Humanist Association claimed the pledge violates the Equal Protection Clause. And the Equal Protection Clause is part of the 14th Amendment. And essentially... What's the 14th Amendment? Do you know the amendment? Do you know all of the amendments by heart? We got to know. We got to know the amendments as, like, law students. We got to yeah, know yeah. the amendments. Do you just, like, you know, know them all? We know a significant majority of them. What's the 14th Amendment? Um. So the 14th Amendment is the amendment that was created to create equality amongst everyone so it was like uh it was like after the 13th amendment which said which ended slavery (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so so the 13th amendment amendment ended slavery but the 14th amendment guaranteed everybody like guaranteed that states would treat everybody equally under the constitution so no one can discriminate against another person based on their color sex their creed their religion I think there are a few other things, but but nonetheless, but it makes sense that they brought it under this, but it also makes sense why the Supreme Court would be like, nah, mm. you know, because there's no discrimination really there. That I I understand why they would say there's discrimination, but well, I, I mean it for people who don't believe in God, right? But but is it really discrimination? I mean, I can like, see where they're coming from if that's an angle, because if you're, it's it's like if you don't believe in the existence of a mono theist god yeah so like even if you're like hindu or like different religions then Mm -hmm. it 
I can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah, but where's the discrimination? Like, how are you being discriminated have to say against? It. Yeah. So, like, but if you volunteer to not say it, yeah, and then and there's a social pressure. Of there's, it. but the social pressure. And you've got teachers making students say it. That's not a fair. That's not like it's a. Not fair. You can opt fair. in. You can opt out. That's like a power. It's thing. a power move. Yeah, for Definitely sure. A power move. Mm. Yeah, I get it, but I also get why the Supreme Court said, "Nah, I'm mm, good on that." Mm. And then the American Humanist Association and a New Jersey family tried to file a similar another, suit. Another anonymous. Yeah, and then they learned. Yeah, and then and they were like, "Yeah, let's just eliminate under God then." Yeah. And then the judge ruled in favor of the school district because New Jersey state law requires schools to have daily a daily recitation but individual students are not forced to take part okay so by law new jersey state one of the places that um has mandatory well not all of them no no it's optional for the students to take part okay but the schools have to but the schools have to do it but students don't have to take part if they don't want to yeah which is like the loophole it's Mm -hmm. like oh they don't have to but we are gonna make them feel weird in the schoolyard (laughs) you know carl is gonna beat him up after i'm gonna be like yo yo what's up (laughs) your thoughts on why you're not saying it <laughs> and then in 2019 a black sixth grade student a black sixth grader in lakeland florida um is arrested in a pledge dispute after claiming that it symbolizes discrimination against black people um, the idea of a fucking 11 year old being arrested for this it's crazy it's crazy yeah, but it's I, I was gonna say something but i don't know it's Florida. <laughs> I think you can. said it, not me. <laughs> you said it, not me. You said it, not Florida me. Florida is like, you know, the Queensland versus Darwin of Australia, I feel like. It's one of the places where everybody knows. Florida man's like a whole meme. Florida we man. It. We get it. We can say it. Florida man. So, sorry, you know. sorry, people in Florida. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're gonna get a lot of we're gonna get a lot of hate mail from Florida. <laughs> so the reason behind the arrest was because the student started a disturbance. Okay. Yeah. And Florida and Texas require parental permission before students are allowed to opt out of the pledge. So your parents got to be like, yeah, you don't got to say it. Which is like, they're looking at the parents like, how dare you not let them say it? So now, you know, it's just the, the social pressure is crazy. Mm-hmm. In, in 2018, a Texas high school senior was expelled because he sat during the pledge. Sounds a lot like the whole kneeling yeah. uh, through the anthem thing. Yeah. Interesting. So so that w- that's really interesting. So, like, what does opting out look like? Is it the Samori-style opt-out? The mumble land? <laughs> the mumble rap? We gonna mumble rap the Pledge of Allegiance, so that's the opt-out? Or can I sit or choose not to stand? Can I kneel? Can I, you know what I mean? Like, like and what- expelled. Not even suspended. Expelled. E- senior year. <laughs> Jeez. College is, it's a rap. It's a wrap. Yeah. So so there's that. And even in the year of our Lord, 2021, a black Texas high school student sued their former teacher for retaliating against them for their refusal to stand, salute, or recite the pledge. I'm telling you, the millennial Gen Z Supreme Court getting this shit out of here. <laughs> they gonna be like, I mean, even the word salute, it sounds military. Yeah, it does. Wild. But like, I, I guess we should kind of think about think about it, right? Like, if you are a country and you want to ensure that your citizenry is dedicated to the interests of your country, how do you get them to adopt 
adopt the culture? I mean, there are a lot of things you could do. For example, make them feel safe and secure in their lives so that they feel, you know, you think about places like in Scandinavia, I know it's a, you know, boring example, but like they have really good social services and they have like, you know, a nice way of life. And I feel like people from Sweden are very patriotic. I mean, they have festivals, you have sports, like there are a lot of different ways. Australians are like crazy for sport. That's like our thing. Like we're, we bond around that. Like, you know, I don't, I think saying something every day is pretty excessive. You think and it's funny because it's so it? normal to you and it's so bizarre to everybody else. Yeah. But um, I'm wondering, do you mm. think they're going to fight for it? For Australia? Like, do you think that we the We fight country's... for your fucking country. <laughs> right. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah, because like... Cause... I mean, we don't spend as much money on military as you do, but... uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like in the U.S., we have such a large... Like, the military, I think, is... The military might be the top employer in the whole country. Mm. And we spend so much money on defense spending. And a lot of that is salaries. And yet, you know, benefits. we follow you into every fucking war. Well, yeah. And oh, like, yeah, better follow us. <laughs> what are you going to do for us? I don't know. Put some ships. Make sure nobody pop off with y'all. I Put mean, some ships on I your fucking borders. hope so. Because Chill. Hold it apparently down. we're pissing France off. Not that that's really anything to be frightened by. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now, now we're going to get hate mail from the French. Yo, this <laughs> is okay. crazy. They've, they've already pulled out their... Uh, They've already pulled out their uh, consul generals and diplomats oh. and whatnot. Samori actually gave us a tidbit here. Oh, tell us. You just get on the mic so, and tell us. So the U.S. military is the largest employer in the world. Of anybody. Of anyone. Oh, my God. We got This country is so terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, since we're, since, you know, we just came off the conversation of a Texas high school student being expelled. What are the options for that high school student? And usually the options of that student is the military. But, like, when you hear the military, you're like, wow, I got to go out there and die. You know what I mean? So, like, how do you get folks to opt in at a really young age into the culture of being okay with dying for your country? They should not decision. And the thing that's so interesting, so my ex is a, a veteran. He was in the Navy, and he went to Afghanistan. And he's American, but he had lived in Australia. And, like, I think his dad was in the Navy. He was, like, impressionable and young. And, like, he never planned on going to war. Mm -hmm. But, like, once you're in, they've, like, got your brain. And then they, like, push that. It's, like, the social pressure again. And it's, like, he ended up doing a term in Afghanistan. And, like, I think that even after that, he still, like, kind of wanted to, like, they kind of wanted to pressure him to go again. And, like, it's fucked. Like, he was, like attacked me in his sleep before from like PTSD. Like he's, it's like terrifying thing for a young person to do. And like, look, there are a lot of really cool things. Like he was super employable. He, his school was paid for, obviously. I mean, he's living in Australia, so his public health care anyway, but like all of the benefits of being a veteran, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I I tried to go to military out of high school. I tried to go to Air Force. Yeah. I wanted to fly planes (laughs) for the USA. Yeah. Great USA. Why did you not? Friends. I have bad eyesight. That's it? That's the only reason? Yeah, you, you failed that part of the exam, the physical. I'm so thankful that you have bad eyesight. I guess, but now, like, I don't get the top gun fit. <laughs> you can go for Halloween. Sure, but it's just not the same. <laughs> that you know movie, by the way, we should cover it. That's oh, homoerotic yeah. as shit. Like, I rewatched that recently, but, like, 
that film is gay as hell. Like, I was rewatching. I was like, this is the gayest shit I've ever seen. This could be the gayest movie I've so ever seen. So now I got to watch it from the gay perspective. Yeah, you really have like, to because you can't unsee it. I'm I was watching, watching it I was from like, like yeah, this is gangster. Like, this is <laughs> this is why we go to um, This is why we do this. This is it right here. And I mean, you know the American I mean? military for sure paid for that movie. Sure, but like mm-hmm. that shit was fire. <laughs> that shit was still I mean, fire. It is. It's. It's. Yeah. I think we've <laughs> definitely got to do it for one of our bonus episodes because it I is think, really. I, honestly, Tom Cruise. I'm really not a fan of him. Tom Cruise might actually like directly himself might be funded by the American military. <laughs> like this motherfucker did so many like movies uh-huh. that are just like, yeah, I'm going to the military. <laughs> um, have you ever seen A Few Good Men? No, I haven't. Oh, think that I've seen shit that is a classic. We gotta cover that for, for the Patreon folks. You know the vibes. Yo, that movie makes you wanna go and be a Jag lawyer. Like that <laughs> that shit is popping. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it like Tom Cruise, honestly, in many of the roles that he's played, like just really embodies American like culture to me. To me. Mm-hmm. You know, like He's played in so many different roles. I'm like, yeah, this is how we post the Does beef his own stunts. Apparently, is a bit of a Just, cunt about it. Yo, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, man's man. American man's man. <laughs> you know? Like five foot tall. Yeah. Sure. Hunk. <laughs> hunk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this guy looks like a cartoon character. He <laughs> drawn. He looks drawn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing why you like that Top Gun movie. I'm just saying, you he's, know? He's topless in that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so today, with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance today, it's still required in mm. public schools, except for California, Hawaii, Vermont, and Wyoming. Mm. And um, after 9-11, seven states made the Pledge of Allegiance mandatory. And this is for you, Lisa. <laughs> the Pledge of Allegiance is also used in naturalization ceremonies. Damn it, going to have to... Practice off. I mean, if they give yeah. me as if they let me be a citizen after releasing this podcast, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I watched my mom say it when she got naturalized. Oh, it was so cute. Nice, yeah. She was like, Do you her. have to say it on your own? Yeah, yeah. With, oh, with, with her terrifying. like with her accent, with her Haitian accent. <laughs> I was like, damn, mother. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry, but it was just like it, it was definitely a tearjerker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't cry though, but it was like you know, it was like dope to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was hype, and then like she was hyped to vote. Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, I'm voting." Oh yeah, that's one of the main. Like for me, I, I don't 100 percent know if I would want to be a citizen. It's a big decision to make. There's a lot of like ta- tax implications and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's like America's one of the only countries. I'm sure we'll talk about it. In IRS the future. is American too, <laughs> but it's one of the only countries that taxes you when you live overseas. Yeah, which is like a big. It's a big decision to make to be like, okay, so I'm paying U.S. tax and I'm funding the military industrial complex for the rest of my life. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to think about it. But it, it does. It's, it's stressful being a migrant. It's stressful being like I could do one bad thing and like be deported from my life. So yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure. You know who else doesn't necessarily like the military industrial complex? Who? Uncle Ike. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Ike, his last, like, his last speech, his, Mm. like, exiting speech as president. Every president does, like, a last speech. I don't think Trump did his last speech, did he? (laughs) He was just, like, too busy. I gotta check. He was too busy sulking in the corner. Nah, he was too busy saying, 
no, I won, I yeah. won. He's but, not doing um, a last speech because he's not done. Yeah. So, like, essentially, his... So, Uncle Ike's last speech was like a warning. Interesting. It was a warning to all Americans. Mm-hmm. And the warning was to beware of the military-industrial complex. Interesting. And that, you know, that America it was already... did not that warning at yeah, all. It was already, you know, a growing industry in D.C. at the time. There were a lot of lobbyists. There was, like, a lot of policy flying around. The DOD was, like, on its shit. You know what I mean? And he was like, yo, like, this shit is... This shit could be a problem. It could lead to, like, a bloated American budget. You know, all the things that we don't want because we'll be spending all this money on the military and we'll be going to wars that we don't need to be in, all types of shit. Those were his last words, Mm. his president. And we were like, great, we're not going to listen. And we didn't. And, uh, you know, (laughs) here we are. Tax dollars going to the military. Instead, we made Top Gun and made every... Young man want to join, be an Air Force pilot. Made, made, Carl, take the ass vibes. Yeah. My, <laughs> one of my best friends, actually, they um, they wanted to be a pilot, too, and it, yeah. it was the eyesight thing as well. But I think they're taking flying lessons now, so you can still fly. You I can still be a pilot. I just can't it. fly the cool, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't fly the, 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 the F-16. I mean, keep doing your fucking finance shit, man. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can go to space. You think I could buy it? Yeah, you could buy everything in America. <laughs> That is the American way also. But yeah, so so for those folks out there, that's the Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, we're going to take an ad break. Hi, my name is David Lorette Mola. I'm a first-generation Cuban-American poet Uh, My father was a refugee to this country from Cuba. My grandma on my mother's side was an immigrant to this country from Mexico City. And the Pledge of Allegiance to me is, God, it's a weird one. We stand up and we say it at the beginning of classes. And it's so often like professed as being this big deal. When really the, the reality is most people treat the Pledge of Allegiance as just like, Eh, whatever, all right, this is just a part of my day. Until someone questions why we're doing it. Then it becomes this big thing about being proud of America and pro-American. And I just always wonder, does anyone actually care about it to that extent? Is anyone actually that deep bred within themselves to be like, I'm saying the Pledge of Allegiance every day, no matter what, and saluting the flag and the whole deal. I've never understood the point. It feels a lot like the kind of cult initiation you would force upon kids. (laughs) Like, you have to be a part of this group. Say the pledge every day. We're slowly going to brainwash you into believing what we believe. One nation under God. And that sentence alone hasn't always been a part of the Pledge of Allegiance. But people, often the same people who get upset when you question why we're doing the Pledge of Allegiance will act like it always has been. Very strange. (laughs) Just the whole thing is very cult-like and very disturbing in that in a country that seems to pride itself on freedom, we all have to say this credo, all have to ascribe to saying this no matter what. It's just always hit me in a weird note, in a weird tone. Hello, I am a 1.5 Chinese American 
and I grew up in New York City. I think it was around middle school when I realized how odd the Pledge of Allegiance was, and eventually I just stopped saying it. <laughs> I stood up to show respect, but but when I really thought about the wording of the pledge, it kind of felt off to me, especially the under God part. And I definitely wasn't the only one because there were several of my peers who didn't stand up at all. <laughs> my name is Philip Hero. He, him, his. Originally from Orlando, Florida, but I live in Durham, North Carolina now. To me, the Pledge of Allegiance, at least as it currently is, does not make me feel more American. Primarily, that's, I think, because of the addition of you know, One Nation Under God back in, I think it was the 50s. You know, I do identify as, as a Christian and certainly as religious, uh, but I think the intention and the effect of adding that clause in there is to exclude other religions and people who don't adhere to any particular religion, supposedly to benefit Christianity and to make that more prominent. And certainly being forced to recite the Pledge of Allegiance every day at the beginning of school. Uh, I went to a private Christian school growing up that even back then made me feel a little bit weird, not alienated because I was that demographic, but it definitely did feel a little weird even back then. Has certainly been more pronounced now. So yeah, the Pledge of Allegiance does not make me feel more American. My name is Jonathan Bell. I'm from Los Angeles, currently living in New Jersey. What the Pledge of Allegiance means to me personally doesn't really have a huge bearing on me. Growing up, I was homeschooled and my parents never enforced us to say it every day. So I didn't grow up in a classroom having to recite it every day. The only times I really said the Pledge of Allegiance was maybe at uh, Sunday school. Some of the teachers would make the class say it before they got started and uh, basketball games, stuff like that. I don't think it makes me more or less American. Honestly, I've never even thought about it to consider even how American I or am not by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Thought has never entered my mind until today. Just consider myself an American. I was born here, and that's how I think about it. So I thought those perspectives were interesting because they were from people from a lot of different places, but they all had the same like comment except for Jonathan, who was homeschooled, which was they didn't like the under God. And they seemed to have an awareness of when it came into the pledge. Yeah. But then Jonathan, who was like the only person who didn't say that, was like, oh, the only place I said the Pledge of Allegiance was at church, which I was like, it's yeah. so funny to me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, I don't know, I never really thought about my relationship to the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, you... I mean, you made it clear earlier in this episode that you were, like, ready to beat kids up for, like, not participating. Yeah, like, just people who, like, didn't do it. <laughs> I just felt like, like, wh why are you being difficult, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I never personally took it as a thing where it's like, well, we should think about why we're saying it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, like, you hear the words? Shit sounds cool. We just got to say that we with the shits on the USA. And this is how we say it. And, like, that's what we do. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, you don't think about it. You don't think about it. 
and until it's time to think about it until you're getting outside of being like that's kind of weird so like why are we doing this exactly yeah and i think it's interesting as well that uh jonathan was like oh it doesn't make me feel less american that i didn't say it every day and then you have other people who are like i just kind of thought it was weird even like mm. philip who was like it's for me yeah christian white dude yeah like <laughs> that's for me but like i still think it's kind of weird because yeah. i know it doesn't include people around me right who, like, right right you know. right but i wonder like the you know the whole patriotic perspective i wonder if you don't feel more or less american when you don't say it like if you don't feel less american when you don't say it what makes you feel more american but I mean, like, what makes you feel like you're a member of any country? Like, I feel I mean, like I think we just need to go or read like Imagine Communities by Benedict Anderson and like come back and like okay talk about this. Yeah, because like a minute since I read that book, because it's like for for me, it's like I, I I look at the Pledge of Allegiance as a thing that is very American and that makes people feel American. But I think I have a unique well not not even a unique experience it's not a unique experience but like i have an experience where i watched my mother become a citizen yeah you said earlier in the app i watched her give the pledge of allegiance like do the pledge of allegiance and you know just watching her do that as she's becoming a citizen like makes it american for me yeah but i mean how is it different from a national anthem like, I Word. mean, you and you right. pledges like I think I said this, like, I mean, I don't know if I said this on the episode or not, but uh, I used to sing at citizenship ceremonies in Australia. And so mm. I watched a lot of citizenship ceremonies and definitely like not even just the Australian anthem. We have like a bunch of songs like I am, you are, we are Australian. Like, you know, there's like a whole bunch of like songs that are really Australian and like definitely felt differently singing them with a choir and I definitely feel differently singing them in America like there's a lot of stuff that probably I think is really really cheesy if I'm in Australia yeah but like being here it makes me feel like really Australian like I feel more Australian being in America than I feel when I'm in Australia that makes sense though because yeah. you're like somewhere else yeah yeah you know and like it was the same for me growing up in South Australia then moving to Victoria it was like I felt very South Australian until I didn't but like I felt very like protective of it because yeah. people would talk about it and i'm like but you're not that you're not from there right and like you know and it's like but i didn't need a pledge for that it's just i think like you didn't nature. yeah you didn't need a pledge for that but i think that the pledge being a part of your experience growing up adds to the element that you're american yeah interesting so you know, i mean i don't know if there's really like an urban suburban split to this as there often is but I do have some interesting points about sort of like the way different political sides take it. And I do want to just say right here that what I thought was really interesting in the research is that Bellamy himself was a socialist. And so he was trying to use this pledge to initiate immigrants for like civic responsibility and public education and like being part of a collective, yeah. which I just think is fucking hilarious. Right. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's been not, really grabbed by the right. It's yeah. It's not. Like, cause the right, like, hates socialism. Mm. But interestingly enough, it makes sense. Cause like, I definitely, when I think about like the Pledge of Allegiance or when I think about the national anthem, like I think about performing on my civic duty. Mm. Like I, like I put that in the same bucket as word, I gotta go vote. Yeah. Word, I gotta fucking, oh word, like somebody did some shit. 
we got to fix it to protect our community. Like, For sure. You know, and it's not that I don't feel those things outside of saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I do feel them. But, like, when I say the Pledge of Allegiance, I feel like those feelings are reinforced. Yeah. But it's interesting to me because, like, when I think about, like, my civic responsibility as an Australian, I think about paying taxes, for example, so that people can, like, if you're part of this group, it's like you're part of this group, you pay into it so that the collective can help. But that seems like it's, like, not, like, America is, like, capitalism, meritocracy. And so, like, you talk about civic responsibility and, like, honestly, you pay the same amount of tax here depending where you live, I guess. But, like, you still pay a lot of tax here. But, like, of course, voting and whatnot, but also voting's not compulsory and a lot of people don't do that. And so it is interesting and maybe it is that kind of, like, capitalistic nature of America that makes the pledge feel more necessary. Mm. I feel like it's patriotic to, like, yeah, pay tax. I feel like it's patriotic to, like, Uh. follow the law. I feel like it's patriotic. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, living in a society and living by society's rules. Like, in Melbourne in the lockdown... It was like my patriotic duty for as a Victorian, I guess, when I was there to stay inside yeah. and like, yeah, they were enforcing it. But like it felt like, OK, but this is my responsibility so that we don't have what happened in New York happen here. So so it's, uh, your take is very interesting because you're saying patriotism is acted, not said. Yes. But that actually really sums up America very well. Yeah. So <laughs> like you're saying and not acting. And yeah. like it kind of comes back to our bonus patreon episode on wolf of wall street yeah <laughs> when they're just like yeah man you're gonna make so much money and it's this and it's that and then like it's fucking nothing in the end so yeah, yeah i think that it's it's interesting yeah. um and it's interesting how the right has kind of clung on to this thing yeah. and um even to the point where like i mean we, i think we spoke about the whole under god thing and like the arguments against it and mm-hmm. i think you said it's like not part of it legally now yeah right? yeah but Trump tried to spread the claim that the Democrats removed under God yeah. from the pledge. Yeah. Like it was the Democrats. And it was like the Supreme Court. You know, it's the it's the it, it's, you it's know. a spin. It's a spin. Trump Trump is the king of the spin, so you know he's gonna do that. Well, he's as American as they come. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> well, I don't know. You have any final thoughts about the pledge, Carl? Yeah, I'm still saying that shit. I'm still saying it. Yeah. Like I know folks think you it's You get up every morning. You know, hand over heart. Like, but I'm like, look at the American flag that I assume is like hanging over your bed or something. Yo, like I keep an American flag in my car. I mean, I believe that to be true because every single time you showed up for recording, you have been wearing American swag. Yeah. And I never noticed it until. And like, I don't know if you're doing it on purpose or if you always just wear that shit. But if you did, I didn't never notice until we recorded this podcast. I just got mad American shit. <laughs> I just crazy. got mad American shit. It makes me just happy because, you know, it just further reinforces the idea that this podcast is not about hating on America. It's yeah. just about being self-aware about how much we've invested in this cult. Right. That is America. Thanks for listening. Our episodes will be released every two weeks, which in Australia we would call fortnightly. And in America, they call bi-weekly, which also can mean twice a week. So it um, doesn't make any sense, but we'll be releasing in two weeks, which is going to be episode three. We're covering the Founding Fathers, and that will be November 16th. Cult America is co-hosted and produced by us, Lisa Charlotte and Carl Joseph Flack. Our production partner is Three Springs Media. Our research assistant is Thea Smith. Our artwork is by Estella Illustrated, and the soundtrack is by King Virtue and So Soon. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. You can also access bonus episodes on Apple using the subscriber feature, as well as Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pod. 
we release bonus episodes there where we cover American movies. As I said earlier, the first one is Wolf of Wall Street. That's out this week. And so is our episode on Hustlers, which is like the lady version of Wolf of Wall Street, I would say. And, um, you know, you can see opinions about that. There's There's a lot of them. If you want to get in touch, please head over to cultusapod.com where you can leave comments on episodes or contact us through our contact form. You can also find us on Twitter at cultusapod. If you want to be featured in an upcoming episode, you can send us a voice clip. We would absolutely love that. We've been sourcing through our community or random Twitter and that's great, but like we want to get outside of our, our sphere. The next episode we're recording is on the migrant experience and we'd love to hear from you whether you're a migrant or not. Our email address is in the show notes. It is UncleSam at cultusapod.com. Until next time. All right. See you later. See you later. I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag. flag of the United States of America. I said my ancestors ain't fight for me to be taking shit from no crackers.